Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Let's Talk XFL, the only podcast solely focused on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host Michael Lathrop. Hello football fans. Welcome to Let's Talk XFL. I'm your host, Michael Lathrop. And this is episode one, the beginning. To provide a little insight to who I am and what may inspire my thought process, I'm going to share some of my backstory. I'm 41 years of age. I was born and raised in Western New York, where I was a high school three-sport athlete. But somehow I became a Miami Dolphins fan. Well, to be honest, it was mostly because of Dan Marino. I earned my Bachelor of Science in Business Management degree from Casanova College, where I majored in sports management. While at Casanova, I was a member of the Student Athlete Advisory Board and captained the Wildcats soccer program for two years and won a conference championship. I completed my internship with the Rochester Raging Rhinos of the United Soccer League and the Rochester Rattlers of Major League Lacrosse. During my junior year, the XFL was born. This is where my love for the XFL began. Being a New Yorker from day one, I was a New York, New Jersey Hitman fan. Fast forward to the relaunch of 2020, I adopted the New York Guardians as my team. I became a season ticket holder and made the four-hour drive to attend both Guardians home games before the pandemic ended the season. In addition to being a Guardians season ticket holder, I was a Syracuse University football season ticket holder from 2016 to 2019. And I attended several college football, NFL, and arena football games. In a nutshell, I'm a football fan just like most Americans. The pandemic not only altered the XFL season and business, it was also life-changing for myself. My fiance and I moved to Southwest Florida, where we were enjoying our time in the sand and sunshine with our fur babies. Murphy and Rogue. The move away from family and friends has created plenty of spare time. That time availability is your gain and ultimately led to the birth of Let's Talk XFL. Now that you have a sense of who I am, let's get on with why you are here. What can you expect from the show? Aside from the obvious segments of breaking news, occasional interviews, and eventual Monday morning quarterback, I will provide XFL fantasy football analysis, sports betting, as well as my own opinions and hot takes. I will occasionally make references to both 1.0 and 2.0 eras, which is 2001 and 2020 seasons respectively. After all, whether we like it or not, both are a big part of the XFL, and its history cannot be ignored. There's a good probability we could see personalities, players, and staff, as well as cities, stadiums, and team names from either of those eras involved in 2023 and beyond. So to recap, when I use the term 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0, I'm making references to the 2001, 2020, and 2023 seasons respectively. Here is my promise to Let's Talk XFL listeners. This show is dedicated to the XFL, period. There will be no discussion of developments of the WWE, AEW, Alliance of American Football, USFL, the Spring League, Major League Football, Fan-Controlled Football, 
arena football, flag football, or any European football leagues. The only topics on this show will be those that have a direct correlation with the XFL. Breaking news pertaining to any of those entities will not be included on Let's Talk XFL. That's enough of a precursor. Let's get on with the show. So where's the league today? To have an understanding of where the league is at, we need to rewind a bit. Looking back at the 3.0 timeline, on August 2nd of 2020, consortium of Danny Garcia, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Redbird Capital purchased the XFL for $15 million just hours prior to Baker's Sea auction. On August 7th, 2020, purchase received a court approval. And on the 21st of August of 2020, Dwayne The Rock Johnson announced, and quote, the deal is officially closed and the keys to the XFL have been handed over. On October 1st of 2020, the league announced it would return to the field in the spring of 2022. And then on March 10th of 2021, the Canadian Football League and the XFL entered discussion to collaborate and innovate the game. These developments paused the XFL's plan to relaunch in the spring of 2022. On July 7th of 2021, the Canadian Football League and the XFL ended discussions without an agreement. The XFL announced its plans to cancel the 2022 season and reschedules its return for the spring of 2023. And also on that date, the XFL released a promotional video narrated by Danny Garcia and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'll reference this later. And then on October 4th, social media postings from both Danny Garcia and Dwayne The Rock Johnson posted about the XFL ownership and organization meeting in New York City. A matter of a week and a half later, on October 13th, fan-controlled football co-founder and CEO Sharab Faraudi responded to speculation of a merger with the XFL. And quote, We are focused on building fan-controlled football to be the best it can be. And we are also going to be bringing our second fan-controlled sport in 2022. With that said, we would never say no to a conversation with Danny and Dwayne about fan-controlled football in the XFL and how that could work. But we won't deviate from what we set out to do five years ago, which is putting the fans in the driver's seat of every decision top to bottom. If the XFL would be willing to play by our rules, we'd welcome their eight teams into fan-controlled football, and we would expand the league to 16 teams pretty quickly, end quote. The following day on October 14th, Ben Fisher of Sports Business Journal reported Jeffrey Pollack, the XFL president and CEO, is stepping down. Pollack had held the position from January 2019 to October of 2021, the entirety of the 2.0 into the beginning of the 3.0. So to date, that is it. Anything else outside of these developments are nothing more than opinion and or speculation. So, now what? I'm going to do just that and add fuel to any speculation that may already exist with five of my own takeaways. My first speculation, as I have previously mentioned in the timeline, the XFL released a promotional video on July 7th. 
In that video, the league selected several interesting images. And among those images was the notable 2.0 logo and slogan for the love of football. As we have already seen, the XFL are embracing a 2.0 logo and slogan. There's no reason to anticipate a move away from further use, and we should not expect any sort of update to it. When the video mentions cities, it uses the images of New York City and Washington, D.C., but no other city images. Is this a hint that New York City and Washington, D.C. are locked to return? The video goes on to show several images of players from each of the 2.0 era teams, but no footage from 1.0 era teams. Current ownership are doubling down on the 2.0 era. We should welcome this as good news. It assures the fan base the product that we fell in love with is not lost. The league will continue to build upon the existing framework. My second speculation. In ways, the XFL are behind schedule. Well, at least in comparison to the 2.0 relaunch. Seeing Jeffrey Pollack has vacated the president and CEO positions, the front office has a massive void and it needs to be filled right away. Whether it be a title change and or a restructure of duties, it is important to have someone at the helm. Having leadership in a reporting structure is a key component to any successful business, and the XFL is no different. To be fair, XFL News Hub's Mike Mitchell has reported three potential replacements for Jeffrey Pollack. According to Mitchell's sources, Rick Smith, Scott Pioli, and Russ Brandon. Now, Smith was a former Houston Texans general manager and executive. Pioli was a former New England Patriots general manager and executive. And Russ Brandon, a former Buffalo Bills general manager and executive, and as well as held positions with the Buffalo Sabres and the Miami Marlins. I'm only sharing this information because it is out there, but I cannot confirm whether there is any validity to these candidates fulfilling Pollock's vacancy. So I'll move on to my third speculation. A merger is probable. It is apparent ownership is interested in working with the Canadian Football League. Hawks didn't just break down to the unwillingness or disinterest in the leagues of collaborating together. It was more likely the timing that forced the Canadian Football League to rush back to the field. After all, the pandemic forced them to halt their season in 2020. This furthered the Canadian Football League's losses. Reports have surfaced that each of the Canadian football teams were running losses in the 10 to $12 million range. I would expect for discussions to resume in some fashion after the conclusion of the 2021 Canadian Football League season. So why do I believe this? There's a number of telling reasons. My first reason, the Canadian Football League is a financial mess. The second reason. Toronto Argonauts ownership, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, have been vocal in the need to do something different. Not to mention they have been publicly smitten of the XFL. Even Dan Ralph of the Canadian Press has lingering questions about the Argonauts' return to the Canadian Football League in 2022. Ralph mentions the possibility of the Argonauts sitting out the 2022 Canadian Football League season to focus on joining the XFL for its return to the field in 2023. 
The third reason, perhaps the most obvious, the XFL has a void in prominent leadership roles. It appears the XFL might be leaving these positions open so that it can absorb prominent Canadian Football League executives. After all, it would make sense to utilize their experience. The XFL will need insight for the Canadian markets, as well as their failed expansion attempt into the American markets. The fourth reason, usually where there is smoke, there is fire. First, there was an open discussion with the Canadian Football League. Second, as I previously mentioned in the timeline, fan-controlled football's co-founder and CEO, Sharab Faraudi, is fielding questions of a potential merger with the XFL. So for me, it's apparent the XFL is looking to pair its eight-team league with another league to field a larger league. This doesn't mean the league is doomed to fail or even financially weak. Any potential move is being sought out to strengthen its own position within football. A 16-team league with an array of investors becomes appealing to television networks. Those networks are only interested in viewership ratings. It is basic math. 16 markets is twice as appealing than 8 markets. A potential 16-team league is not only stronger on paper, it eliminates competition. The only way professional spring football can succeed is to capture as much financial resources as possible. The best way to ensure this is by not having a similar league vying for those same television network deals and furthermore corporate sponsors. I'm not saying it is going to happen, but we should not be surprised if it were to become a reality. We should also prepare ourselves for the possibility of discussions with the Spring League, United States Football League, and even the Major League Football. There could be a logjam of Spring Football Leagues, and that jam could be bad for each of the leagues looking to compete in the same time frame. My fourth speculation. If there is no merger, the XFL rules are unlikely to change. The lack of prominent leaders can only mean the major components in order to return to the field are not being addressed. Furthermore, there's not enough time to begin the creation of new rules of the game, let alone to flawlessly implement them. If indeed a merger does happen, there'll likely be a hybrid of the Canadian Football League and XFL rulebooks. This isn't overly concerning. It's easy to replace verbiage. For the sake of discussion, let's say field dimensions. You know, the length, the width of the field, as well as the goal post location is easy to rectify in one sitting. Same can be said for the use of 11 or 12 players per side, or whether they elect to use three downs versus four downs. They are all simple changes. My fifth speculation. As I mentioned during the timeline on October 4th, Danny Garcia and Dwayne The Rock Johnson posted on their social media platforms about the XFL ownership and organization meetings in New York City. On the surface, this appears to be nothing out of the ordinary. However, when you take a closer look at the images they have posted, there's more to it. You should go back to their post regarding the meeting and take another look. What exactly are you looking for? Zoom in on the XFL meeting documentation. There is the expected XFL logo, but there is also the unexpected NFL logo. 
Why would there be an NFL logo on an XFL owners and organization meeting documentation? There can only be one logical explanation. The XFL is either planning to meet with the NFL or discussions with the NFL are in progress. Now, let's not jump to the conclusion that a merger between the two leagues are in the works. That would be ridiculous. But it is not out of the realm of possibility for them to agree to an affiliation of sorts. They could be discussing access to the NFL practice squad players. Seeing each NFL team has 16 players signed to their practice squads, such an agreement could guarantee the XFL with 512 players. This could help the XFL reduce spending resources on scouting players, as well as running combines to identify players. But perhaps most importantly, the agreement could help towards player salaries. It could be beneficial for both leagues. Now that's enough speculation for one show. Now to provide you with a sneak peek into our next episode, tune in to why acknowledging those alumni who have carried the XFL banner into the NFL is important for the league. I will also be discussing the eight coaches from 2022, as well as players and other developments leading into the 2023 season. Before you go, I would like to take a moment to honor the life of Josh Davis. For those of you who do not know Josh, he was a pillar of the alternative football community. His passion and commitment to football and his players, regardless of the league's perceived quality they played in. Josh's work spanned a number of platforms. To name a few, XFL News Hub, CFL News Hub, fan-controlled football, and pro-level sports agency. Josh's passing leaves a significant void in our community, and he will be missed dearly. Our thoughts and prayers are with his family and friends. Rest in peace, Josh. We'll do our best to continue your work. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Let's Talk XFL on your platform of choice. Follow Let's Talk XFL on Facebook and Twitter at Let's Talk XFL. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to letstalkxfl at gmail.com.